0: That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. I'm stoked to have Emily here with me. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm excited <laughs> to have you because I feel like whenever I talk to a fellow graphic designer, it's like therapeutic to me.
1: Yeah, it's literally like a mini therapy session.
0: Because <laughs> you get it. It's,
1: it's yes. fun.
0: Yes, so it's,
1: it is. Really- it's nice. Especially, you know, like I work by myself and you work a lot by yourself too. Yep. So. I don't get to talk to my peers very often, so it's a nice change.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. So I'm excited. So I obviously just said you're a graphic designer, but tell everyone what you do and like what kind of projects you you work on, all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah. So I am a combination designer and illustrator uh, based in Boulder, Colorado, originally from New England. That's how Kristen and I know each other because we went to college together. Go Goals. Go Goals. <laughs> But yeah, I live out in Colorado now and I run my own design studio called Explore Studios, Um, doing a little bit of everything, but my core focuses are kind of branding and illustration. Um, But because of my background, I still do web design, print design, packaging design, uh, social media design like, literally, a little bit of everything. But a lot of what I do is branding and illustration work for clients. Um, The other half of my business, is really illustration based, where I sell my illustration work on prints, stickers, shirts, stuff like that. Um, there are some exciting developments happening with that in the next couple months, but we can talk about that later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good, great. I'm super interested in hearing about how you chose your name because you and I have talked about this, but I'm struggling to rebrand, and that's like the hardest part for me. So what was the thought process behind the name? and then also, all of your like brand visuals and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a lengthy roundabout story, but basically like five years ago I was working at an agency, a design agency in Boston. Um, so I was doing all of the client work, but I was kind of missing that like personal creative outlet. Um, and I was getting really into just like doodling and illustration and stuff on my own time. Um, so I just created an Instagram account to post my like exploration of design on. Um, and it was really just a place for me to like post stuff that I was playing around with. Um, and I came up with the name explore studios because I was, you know, exploring my craft. Um, and I was also getting really into like the outdoors at that point in my life too. Um, you know, I, I grew up being outside a lot and I've always been really into that, but I was kind of finding my way through like the outdoor industry or kind of starting to find my way into the outdoor industry. Um, as an adult so it really just kind of like resonated with me at that point in time but yeah the name Explore studios did not actually start off as a design agency but as a like for fun instagram account that i was just posting personal work on for the hell of it and then it kind of transformed into this over the last however many years it's been at this point
0: <laughs> yeah you got i feel like you got so lucky <laughs> like snack it definitely that still think. applies yeah <laughs>
1: I know I snagged that username before, like a lot of large companies started using the like, ex- cause Explorer is XPLR for those who don't know. Um, so I removed the vowels and kind of like abbreviated it. But a lot of big companies have started using that over the last couple of oh, years. Wow. Um, like the North Face just launched a program similar to like Patagonia's Bornware program, but they called it the XPLR oh, wow. Um I got my trademark in first, so it's fine. But <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So, what what do you focus on when you're making marketing collateral for yourself in in terms of the visual side of things?
1: Yeah. So I'm like kind of the worst in that I always preach like, oh, you need to invest time into your brand strategy. And oh, like, yeah, I you know, get it. <laughs> I don't do it for myself, but as like every other designer knows, branding yourself is harder than any client. Like you could be the most difficult client in the world, and I could still I would still have an easier time doing yep. your branding than my own, but um I I mean my design style has always skewed much more towards like the simple side I kind of like to let the business like speak for itself in a certain way especially as a designer you know I like to keep my branding more simple and refined especially because I let my website and my portfolio of client work speak for itself Mm -hmm. um but I think it also just kind of like speaks to my personal style as well um my my personal style and my design style are very closely related. And it's not something I've done on purpose. It's just kind of happened that way. But I definitely tend to like more like minimal, neutral, earthy stuff myself. And that definitely is reflected in all of my all of my design and all of my collateral.
0: Yeah. And, and I think you do a good job of, I don't know, because you said you're very outdoorsy, the the brands and the the companies and clients that you like to work with or more outdoor focused. And that's totally reflected in, in your own brand. And Like you said, like the earth tones and just that connection and cohesion with the clients that you like to work with. I yeah. always like, when I think of you, I think of like outdoor brands and that, that's exactly what you want to work with. So yeah. I think it works perfect. <laughs>
1: exactly. I started to like niche down towards the past year or so I've been doing, um, full-time freelance for almost two years now, um, as Explore Studios. Crazy. Um, I know, I don't really know how that happened. It's like some days I feel like I started yesterday. And I'm like, what am I doing? But yeah, yeah. there's like niche into that industry. So it's, um, I definitely try to like reflect that in my own design as well.
0: Yeah, you definitely do. So what was the event or I don't know what, what made you think of going off on your own? I feel like that's always an interesting, conversation and a thing to reflect back on
1: yeah I, I actually reflect on this a lot and I've had this conversation a lot it's a really interesting kind of series of events I mean we both went through the same design program that was like never an option that was presented to me like I don't think I remember a time in honestly in any of my life where somebody was like oh you can like be a designer and run your own studio and also be successful because Growing up, people are like, oh, you're gonna go to school for design, like you're not gonna make any money, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like people for were sure,
0: just gonna draw all day. I'm like, oh yeah. my God.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you know how to color inside the lines and the <laughs> I'm like, good one. I've never heard that before. But yeah, it's like it was just never anything I like I was even aware of as a career path for myself. Um, basically until you know, Instagram became a really big big thing and I started seeing other people doing it. Um But yeah, after school, I went and worked at an agency because I was just like, oh, that's what you do. You graduate and you go to the city and you work at a design agency and you work 60 hours a week. And like, that's your life. Um, That did not like go super well for me because I'm just not that type of person. I cannot be at a desk all week. And I loved my job and I loved all the people I worked with. Um, Shout out to Sprout in Boston. They're great. They're still around. They're the best. But I just... I just like, I wasn't happy and I don't really have the personality where I thrive in situations where other people are telling me what to do all the time, especially when it comes to like telling me how to be creative. I really struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I was living in Boston and like, I just knew something was missing and I didn't really know what it was. Um, until my best friend and I took a trip out to Colorado which was my first time out here as an adult. I had been here when I was really little and when I was like 14. Um, but like we went on a hike in Aspen and it sounds so cliche, but like literally everything changed for me that day. Like I just looked around and I just got this feeling where I was like, yeah, this is, this is where I, I need to be. And I don't know why. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. Cause I am like 23 and have no money and no plan, but like I'm going to make it happen. And a year later, me and my best friend moved out to Colorado and it was like the best thing I've ever done, but I still didn't really know what I wanted to do career-wise. I was, I could feel that I was like a step closer, but I wasn't like, I just still wasn't where I needed to be. And I kept going through the same motions. Like I moved out here, I got a job in an agency out here. Um, And then I ended up getting laid off from that agency on like March 3rd,
0: 2020. Oh, there we go, yep. (laughs)
1: So yeah, I pretty much was like, what the hell am I going to do? I was applying for job after job after job. And in the back of my mind, I was like, you have wanted to go freelance this whole time. Why don't you just do it? And then I was like, no, we're in a global pandemic. You can't just like start your own business. Like nobody's spending money. Who's going to hire
0: yeah, you? So many people did start businesses in the yeah. minute. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I, yeah, I was applying for job after job and I would get to like the final round and they'd give me a verbal job offer. And then I would never hear from them ever again, like ever again. And what?
0: that's crazy.
1: So many times I literally had a CEO of a company call me and be like, you're a new senior designer. We'd love to hire you. Like, we'll send over the written offer this week. And then it was like a month and I was like, Hello. We're like, oh, yeah, sorry. We actually don't have the money to hire you anymore. So we are just been ignoring you. And I was like, all right, cool.
0: Wow, that's crazy.
1: I know, it's crazy to me. that Like, not just one company did that. Like, numerous companies said that. And I've heard so many stories of that happening to other people in other industries, too. It's like, I mean,
0: I know we were all going through, but like, damn. But yeah, yeah, just sorry. saying, that we can't hire, like, we can't hire you. Like, just give me an answer. So I'm not, like, in limbo. I'm going to like...
1: I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to show up at your door and be like, where's my job? But yeah, sorry. This is a long-winded story, but basically I, I finally hit that point where I was like, you know what? I'm so tired of investing all this time and energy in other people and other people's businesses when like, I know I can do this by myself. And I just need to invest all this time and energy into myself instead of other people. So then I just worked my butt off for six months figuring out how to start a business because I never learned any of those things in school either. Nope. Because I that was That's a design. Why would like, they teach you business stuff? <laughs> so yeah, that was an interesting process as well. But yeah, now here I am two later or two years later, and I just finished um, just finished my first full calendar year of running my own business and really running two businesses because I have the clients. And I have the shop as well. So, yeah, somehow, somehow I'm here two years later. <laughs>
0: you're a busy bee. I can't imagine running. That's like the one thing I don't really have a ton of experience with is re- like selling a product. I've sold ebooks and other small things, but I didn't, anything that has to be like shipped, I'm like, I'm stressed immediately.
1: <laughs> it's it's a, whole a different world. It's definitely a whole different world, especially when you're selling like a physical product because. I don't have like investors or a trust fund. Like every piece of inventory is invested in from like my personal bank account. Not, I don't have like somebody financially backing my business. So it's really personal and it's really stressful, but it's so rewarding. And it's like everything I've ever wanted to do. So no complaints.
0: (laughs) You made it happen. I remember you, I don't know, reaching out on Instagram, maybe like two years ago or so. Yeah. You are like, I'm doing this thing. I just have some questions and you came <laughs> with like, with like four very direct questions about like the things we all want to know about, like business banking and LLC formation and like all those technical stuff. That's really like, obviously we're all scared to like take the leap and go for it. But I think a lot of us are stopped by those logistical things. Cause we're like, I don't want to get audited. I don't want to not know what I'm doing with banking. Like it's those technical things where we're like, I'm hung up on this and I need help.
1: Yeah. That's definitely the biggest hurdle. Cause like I took painting and I took 3d design. <laughs> yeah. like business one-on-one, like here's how you form an LLC. It's actually not hard. It takes five minutes and it's not scary. Or like, here's how you set up a business account. Also not hard, not scary. But like, if you don't know, then it's terrifying because those are just like very big legal things. And
0: yeah, totally. Yeah. I know. I, I wish I took a, I took marketing or advertising, Um, as an elective but I wish I took like a a business course or like minored in business I feel like that would have been a lot helpful
1: (laughs) I wish I could just go to like every design student in the world and be like take a business class because if you ever (laughs) want to do freelance it's it's worth it even if you don't ever want to do freelance taking a business class is just a smart thing to do to be like a functioning adult
0: (laughs) absolutely I totally agree with that so I'm really interested to hear your answer to the next question do you have any pet peeves about our industry
1: <laughs> yeah so i mean we kind of already talked about one of them and it's just the fact that i mean i think it's changing now but freelancing is just not really positioned as a career option for young designers um you know and again i think this is this is changing especially with the expansion of social media like instagram and tiktok like people are just so connected and are really able to see like all of the options out there for them, Um, but the the pet peeve that I really wanted to talk about today is pricing your work Mm -hmm. and the fact that so many designers and just creatives in all fields undervalue their own work, which then just creates like a really toxic, never-ending circle of designers and creatives work constantly being undervalued, and it's so frustrating. I mean, and that's not to say I've never done it. Like I've done logos for a hundred dollars, like when I was no. just starting out, because that's what you do. But when I see, like, you know, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. I get a lot of my clients from Facebook groups, and I see people offering their design services in there, like a full branding package for $250. And like, first of all, that's like not even what Adobe costs, like your Adobe subscription costs you annually. Like it costs <laughs> way more than that. So you're literally losing money on this, but also. Then when there's people who are offering a really fair value for their work, you know, say like 2,500 bucks for a branding package, which is honestly still on the lower end of stuff. Totally. Or like, why would I pay two, like 2000 plus dollars when this person's going to do it for $200? And that's a whole other conversation about, you know, how it's worth it to invest in your business and yourself and invest in quality services, whether it's a copywriter, a designer, a personal trainer for your own personal, like fitness, there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but it really just really grinds my gears.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I remember vividly, I, one of my first branding clients four and a half years ago, when I started, I offered a package, like a full branding package for like $850. (laughs) And at the time I was like, that's a lot. Yeah. and i remember him replying and being like we've got estimates from two other people and you are like thousands less than what they quoted like why <laughs> and i remember getting the email and i was like good question and it was one of those moments where i was like i really need to figure this out because it's a it's a balance of like you want your work to feel like it's valuable too And when people invest a lot of money in something, then they're going to be better collaborators. They're going to help you more. It's going to make your job easier because they have a lot more interest in in what you're doing. They're investing a lot. Um, I think that's a really good point. And I talk about like Fiverr all the time and it's hard because like I understand as a business owner, like our expenses should be low and we don't have a ton of money to work with in our budget so I understand you wanting to you know do things for less but at the same time the quality is probably not going to be as good so you're probably going to have to pay more for it in the future anyway
1: yeah I'm actually kind of like having a conversation similar to that with a client right now where they want to redo their packaging but I really believe that they need to take a like a hard look at their strategy and their positioning before they redo their packaging Mm -hmm. But They don't like necessarily want to invest in doing the strategy. They just want to redo their packaging. And I'm trying to get them to understand that if you don't invest in the strategy now and redo the packaging, then you're redoing your packaging again in a couple of years. It doesn't resonate. Um, Which I mean, most people do understand once you kind of talk through that with them, but it definitely is like an interesting conversation to have, which, and you know, if you don't have a marketing or design or any sort of related background, then you're not going to know that. But yeah, absolutely.
0: We're all doing the best we can. And at the same time, we also have to make those mistakes in order to, you know, get better. But it it can be hard as a creative. I think the creative industry especially suffers from a lot of this. Like I had someone reach out and they're like, I need a logo for $100. I I don't know if that's like out of your butt, like outside of like what you normally charge. And I was like, (laughs) yes, (laughs) I am almost five years into this. That is you need to like contact someone like right at of school who's like looking for a portfolio work or something, because that's, you're not going to find that with anyone.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's why it's so important that fellow designers and creatives value their work properly because we already have the rest of the world totally undervaluing what we do. And that's not necessarily to their fault. A lot of people don't know, like truly know. Yeah. Um, and that's part of our job is to educate them on that. But, it's just why it's so much more important for like creatives to be valuing themselves properly because if we don't do it, then how can we expect clients to do it? You know?
0: Yeah, I agree. That's a really good point. Um, And even people who aren't in the creative industry, charging is always a tough conversation and a tough thing to, to figure out something we all struggle with for sure. So do you have trouble infusing like your personal side into your marketing or your social media or like when you're working with clients, like how, where is the line for you? It's
1: blurry for sure. And I
0: think that <laughs> that can be like said for everybody.
1: I think when it comes to like marketing my business and like my presence on Instagram, I'm definitely trying to get better about infusing my personal life and just like myself into my business. Cause I really didn't at first, but I've realized that people really love to see you you know they don't want to just see another business because there's a million comp- like literally millions of companies out there but yep. like you are, especially when you're running a small like service-based business you are the real differentiator exactly are, like i don't like showing my face on social media i'm trying to get better at it especially with the like reels and tiktoks like the reels and tiktok craze like everybody's just putting their face on camera and like pointing at stuff to the beat of a song <laughs> I hate doing it, but then those reels always do well. So I guess I just have to do that now, but yeah, I'm trying to get better at like infusing my own self into my, especially like social media presence. But I mean, it's hard because there's not only like the business imposter syndrome you have to deal with, but then you have to deal with your like own insecurities. <laughs> forever, you know, like it's hard to put yourself out there for like literally the entire world to see. and it's, it's a lot of pressure. And especially like when I post TikToks, you know, do you use TikTok?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't use it for business, but I I use it personally. Yeah. You know how, like, if
1: you connect like your contacts to it, it, show people that are like in your phone contacts, your videos. Yeah. so much anxiety because my phone contacts go back to like when I first got oh my god it's like 13 <laughs> yes. so like the people that pop up on my for you page Sometimes I'm like oh my god are my videos showing up on their page because that's really <laughs> embarrassing it <laughs> is it is stressful
0: yeah I feel like in the beginning of last year when I first started to heavily focus on infusing my personal side into social media my my biggest like hang up i guess was like who cares (laughs) who's gonna look at this and this is really gonna help people but something that helps me is just like if if these people like they see it the worst thing they're gonna do is probably just scroll by i mean there there are those people who are gonna you know copy the link and send it to their friends be like look at this person but like at the same time who cares they're not the people who are going to be paying you to help them so we're not here to to please them but it is a weird thing to to jump over and I didn't know that because I I don't use like I don't post TikToks I just have a TikTok account so I can see TikToks it's like my my self-care is laughing on TikTok so I didn't know that that was part of that that it serves it to everyone in your context that's crazy yeah it's
1: it's just such an interesting platform. I could talk about it for, for hours, love and hate, but it's a wild world out there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely had, I, I was not happy when I started to see more reels in Instagram. Cause I don't know, as a creative, I feel that not everything, like every message can be expressed via video and wow. a lot of people don't consume information well via video. So I was like, not happy with it (laughs) because it's so much easier for me to just make a graphic I'm a designer that's what I do but yeah I don't know I'm starting to get a little bit more into it I feel like that's kind of
1: been a general feeling about it too I've actually seen a lot of people doing um polls on their Instagram stories lately being like would you rather see posts like a static post or would you rather see a reel and a lot of people like have been voting that they would rather see a post Hmm. But the thing is people don't see your posts because the Instagram algorithm doesn't favor that they favor reels, So it's like, do I create the content that my audience really wants, but they're never going to see it? Or do I just like suck it up and throw reels in there?
0: I know it's a game. And as soon as you realize that social media is kind of a game, it gets a little bit less stressful, but I think as a fellow creative, we, we, we both understand that like, our work is a reflection of us. And we work so hard to make it and I want people to see it. So (laughs) I totally get that. (laughs) That's tough. So we've already talked a little bit about struggles, but is there, are there any other struggles in your career that you either have overcome or things that you're still dealing with now?
1: Yeah. I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit, and I think this is something Probably everybody, regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, creative, whatever um, can relate to is just the whole imposter syndrome stick, especially when you're going out on your own. You're kind of like, well, what makes me qualified to do this? Like, there's already so many other people doing this, but then you have to remember that there's nobody else this is so cliche, but there's nobody else doing it the way you're doing it. And, you know, that's, that's the most important part. And, you know, I say that like like I have it all down. I don't. Like there are many days, where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why do I think, like, why did I think I could do this? But then I have, you know, plenty of other days where I'm like, hell yeah, killing it. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I feel so confident. So it's just, you know, it's a, it's a back and forth and you just got to be able to deal with both sides of that coin.
0: Yeah. And I think as long as we're always leveling up or pushing ourselves, we're going to be feeling that way. So I think it's a good thing. I think it's a sign that we're taking into account our current situation, and there's a little bit of discomfort there, and, and we're trying to work through it. And yeah, we we all feel it at the end of the day. Even people who aren't running a business, there's always like something in our life that we're not feeling like we deserve or that we we should be doing. I think that's superhuman, but. Yeah, I I definitely have been feeling that a lot lately getting, I'm still doing design work. And that's, I mean, I'm using Instagram mostly for my coaching business. And I think a lot of people are like, are you not doing design work anymore? And I'm like, no, I am. I just kind of have my clients like all set with that. So I'm not pushing as hard on social media, but it's, it's weird getting into the coaching business too, because there are so many coaches out there and so many business coaches and it's definitely uncomfortable for me. So I totally agree with the, the up and down depending on the day or even the minute.
1: Yeah. But honestly, if you're like going through life a hundred percent of the time being like, I'm sick, I'm the best at what I do, then like you should probably, Check yourself because you're like nobody is the best at everything
0: you know (laughs) totally and I also hate when people are like if you love what you do it doesn't feel like work I just I don't love that because I think that I don't know none of us should be doing anything everything like all the time like Work is work and it's it's hard and there are always things we have to navigate and I don't know. I just don't like that.
1: (laughs) And it's just like I think it's just it like presents this false image that you're supposed to be like happy and loving your job like every all the
0: time. Yeah.
1: It's it's not the reality. Like I love my job, I love my business, I love design. I don't like having to go through and track my expenses and then them to an accountant. Like, I hate that. I put it off until the last second every year. I do not love every second of running a business. Like I do not like writing contracts for every client or for every client. I do not like chasing down clients who aren't paying their invoice on time. Like there are shitty parts to every job, regardless of how glamorous it looks on Instagram, which is a whole other conversation.
0: (laughs) Totally. No, that's a really good point. It's like anything like our relationships are not always happy. Like, There's always things that we're going to have to figure out. And just because you love something doesn't mean it's it's not difficult.
1: Yeah, 100%. Agree
0: Mm -hmm. with that. So let's change gears. These are the weird questions, the fun questions. So if you were a car, what would you be? So I thought (laughs) about this question like maybe more so than
1: half of these other questions because I was like, oh man, this is like this is this is me. Like oh. I represent myself? But I just decided to go with a car that I want to own so badly. Um, I am gonna make myself a forerunner, Toyota
0: Forerunner. That's um, my boyfriend's favorite car.
1: <laughs> God, they're so sick. I wish I had like sixty thousand dollars to drop on a car, but um, unfortunately that is not the case. <laughs> but I'm just gonna say I'm a Forerunner because like we're dreaming big, you know. And I drive a Subaru Forester. Maybe I'm a little bit Forester. Maybe I'm a little bit Forerunner. Both are very reliable, safe cars. Um, you know, so they're someone you can trust, someone you can depend on. But they're also like very adventurous. The Forerunner more so than the Forester. My Forester can do a lot, but it's not a uh, it's not a Forerunner, which is why I decided to go that that route instead because. You know, they're very like adventure, like they're very much adventure vehicles. They can go anywhere and do anything. And <clears throat> I, you know, like to consider myself just a bit of an adventurer myself. <laughs> I like to be outside and go camping, hiking, snowboarding, all the outdoor things. So that's why I'm a forerunner. And they're like rugged and tough. And I like to think I'm pretty tough.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I had to
1: narrow it down.
0: <laughs> I could have used a forerunner when a, my boyfriend and I were driving to one of the uh, the mountains in Colorado. We rented like a Hyundai. Sinatra Wait, I
1: remember seeing.
0: this on Facebook. <laughs> oh my god, I can't even remember what mountain we we hiked, but it was like 14- eleven miles of dirt road, and not like New Hampshire dirt road, like crazy like holes everywhere rocks everywhere it took us an hour to drive those 11 miles in our car we definitely could have used that yeah I think people uh, like
1: low-key underestimate Colorado sometimes because they think of like Denver and stuff I mean and Denver is a city but as soon as you're out of the front range which is like the area that holds Denver Boulder it is not a joke, and it, like I, I've been out here almost four years now, and still I get like wicked nervous doing that stuff because it's just like coming from New England. It's a lot more intense, like a lot more intense. Uh,
0: it's wild. We, I've never seen a moose before, and we saw two on that road as we were driving. I was like, "This is crazy. It's like quintessential Colorado. It was beautiful." Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I don't remember what mountain you guys said, but I remember seeing it because you went and did a 14er. Yeah.
0: Seeing your pictures of the car on the
1: road and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it <laughs> was brutal. In
0: the rental. <laughs> so the next question is kind of related. When was the last time someone said something like, wow, that's so on brand for you, or that's so you? Something along those lines.
1: Yeah. So um my boyfriend and I moved in together uh last summer. So for the first time in my life, I was finally able to like fully decorate a place the way I nice. want. He doesn't care, you know, he's like, well, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> Um, and you know, I've always like decorated my places a little bit when I've lived with my roommates and stuff, but not, you know, you don't get to go as hard as if it's like entirely your place. Um, and it was then that I realized that my design style, like graphic design style, my personal style and my like home design style are pretty much exactly the same thing. And it's funny cause my, my boyfriend was actually the one who helped me come up with the answer to this question. Um, cause I was like, I don't know what's on brand for me. Like I need help. I need help, like figuring out what to say to this. And he was like, well, pretty much like every person that comes into our house is like, wow, Emily, this house just like looks like your personality. This, is, And I remember I was sending pictures of my Pinterest boards for like the bathrooms and all this stuff to my cousin. She literally said like, this is very on brand for you. And then <laughs> she sent me a picture of a dog bed that she found in, in like TJ Maxx or something. I don't have a dog. Um, <laughs> <Not> yeah. <laughs> Like I feel like you need this. It's so on brand, and I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to get a dog now so I
0: can. Buy <laughs> what am I gonna lay on it? Like, <laughs> that's so funny. I I know I always ask people this question, and they're like, well, my friend said this, and the people around us are the people who know us really well, right? Like, they're the ones who can name all these things. Like, if I asked my friends, they'd probably be like, giraffes, my leopard gecko, like hiking veganism like we all have these like little like buckets that people associate with us and it's so hard for us to to think of them ourselves but the people around us can do it in like two minutes it's so funny yeah
1: you can see like you can see everybody else won't be able to see but you and i are on zoom you can see one of my buckets right now look at this like recurring theme of (laughs) patterns in the background like there's a theme here and it's not intentional it just happened. <laughs>
0: just happened. I know. I was looking at the room behind you. It looks so nice. I'm in my second bedroom slash office and also like the storage room. <laughs> so there's like crap everywhere. I'm like, I can't wait till we can buy a house. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you also have stuff everywhere too. Great. It's so yeah. funny with That's Zoom. Awesome. Like, we're like in these like we're like okay nothing can be in this part of the screen but then you like move it like an inch and there's like crap everywhere I'm glad I'm not alone behind this door (laughs) one is my
1: dumping ground for everything I don't want to look at on a daily basis
0: sit in there I know that's the same thing with my filing cabinets glad we're all living the same life (laughs) that's funny so okay tell me a childhood story that's on brand for you, or if it's easier, talk about how you are as a child, if it's the same now, if it's different. I feel like us as kids can tell us a lot about who we are now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny. I've kind of been reflecting on my childhood a lot lately for no particular reason. I just have been, maybe it's because I just turned 27 and I'm like, um, oh, closer to 30 now than I am to 25. Crazy. And that's, that's a scary thought, but, um, yeah. It's funny. Cause I look back on my childhood and I see all of these like personality traits that are so um, like reflective of who I became as an adult, which obviously I didn't see back then, but you know, it's interesting now I've always been, I've always had this entrepreneur. I cannot, can never say that's something. a hard word. <laughs> I do whatever you guys Entrepreneurial? Know, Entrepreneur eel <laughs> spirit. Um, you know, and I was always like very resilient and a little bit sassy as a kid. I to this day, I just I do not like people telling me what to do. It's probably one of my best and one of my worst traits because Same. you know you gotta you gotta like people just tell you what to do sometimes and you gotta live with that. As a kid, I was not um, I was not the best listener when it came to like authority figures <laughs> in school and especially in like art classes and stuff like that. When they when my teachers would be like, "You have to do it this way," I'd be like, "Why?" It's like I want to do it my way. And I remember I went to, um, I've like always been very into arts and crafts and stuff like that. I kind of knew I was going to be in a creative field from a very young age. Cause I took like every art class, um, you know, in high school, you only had to do three years of math and science. So year four, senior year, I just took like a ton of art classes, That's um, cool. Including graphic design classes. Cause my high school had graphic design classes I so. did
0: too, which I didn't know was like weird, but it's good. Yeah. I've told people that as an adult, and they're like, what? You had graphic design?
1: And I'm like, yeah, I had two years of design classes. And I, so I walked into college being like an
0: Adobe pro.
1: Yes. Uh, I remember Professor Courier was like, how do you already know how to use all of these? So, and I was like, oh, I've been doing it for two years. I was
0: your TA, and you were like, I know what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> I was like, I don't need to be here. And that was like another perfect example of me being like, don't tell me what to do, because I was like, I, need- <laughs> yeah. I already know how to do it. But. Yeah, I went to, I went to like an art camp and I took like, um, I was, we were doing like pottery or something. And I remember she was, I mean, bless this poor teacher. She was trying to teach us like techniques. I'm sure it was very useful and informative, but I was like eight and I was just like, nah, I'm not like, I'm not sitting here and I'm not listening to you because I don't care, which was rude. (laughs) And like, I wish I could go back and be like, Emily, don't talk to your teachers that way. But I remember she was like trying to trying to give this lesson to the class, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be like the funny kid, and oh, like no. <laughs> I don't like I don't remember what I was doing. I just know that she ended up getting really mad, and I had to spend the rest of the class standing outside the door, watching through like the little glass window really in the cool. door. Because she was like, I'm done with you. Like you can stand outside and you can watch everybody make the pottery instead of doing it. And. I, that was like I remember that so clearly as my first lesson and being like, okay, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you can. And just because you like want to say something or like talk back to somebody who's telling you to do something that you don't <laughs> want to do doesn't mean you can. But it's I just like have seen that the spirit of little eight-year-old Emily like telling the teacher like, no, I'm not doing it this way. Um, kind of recurring through my life. And, you know, I've got better, gotten better at keeping it to myself as an adult, you know, in in work situations where a boss has been like, oh, I would really like you to design this concept. And in my head, I'm like, no, that's stupid, but I'll I'll be like, okay, sounds good.
0: (laughs) I know. I hate that too. Especially when clients are like, I think it would look better with this. Like I had the other day, someone was like, can we combine this and this or is that too much? And I was like, if you have to ask, it's probably too much.
1: <laughs> that's when I was like, hey, man, you hired me for a reason, right? And I'm like, yeah, because you, you're the professional. I'm like, exactly. So let me do it.
0: <laughs> I think that's a really funny lesson, though, because it's tough going through our classes in high school and middle school and even in college, but it's better in college. But I feel like, I don't know a lot of people would be more excited about art and doing art if it was I don't know if you have more control like I understand in school you have to like do certain things and there's assignments and you need to be graded on it whatever but I also think grading art and things like that is it takes away the the fun and also people's confidence because you know we all have different styles and I feel like all of that should be celebrated yeah for sure.
1: I remember, I I feel like my year might've been the first year to do this class. So, to, so you guys might've missed it, but did you have to do that class that was like, ours was three hours, three hours. And it was a four hour block on Fridays. Oh and God. it was like, a I don't even remember. It was like a class on how to be creative basically, which is just what? like the most ironic thing in the whole world. And I feel like we were like the Guinea pigs for it. So nice. You know, like you had like a really broad concept every week and then you said to like make something and sometimes they'd be like it has to be in this medium but I hated it so much I think I got like a c c minus in that class maybe because I was just like this is so dumb and I don't waste want to the do time. This week you have to do it with colored pencils and I was like dude I'm I'm like a full-grown adult I'm a senior in college I'm not like I'm not doing your colored pencil assignment and then <laughs> for four hours on a Friday where we all talk about what we created with colored pencils like this is nuts and I'm paying for this that
0: was the worst part but
1: yeah I think our class I think our year was the first year to do it I don't think you guys had to do that but
0: yeah no I I don't remember that so frustrated because I was like you just like this is not it was senior year yeah or wow yeah I feel like at that time you kind of not that you know your style but you at least can be like I'm not good at painting. I'm better at drawing. You know what I mean? So it it's crazy that they had to grade you yeah. on that.
1: They had like the photography students in there. They oh, might've yeah. had the ID that, uh, interior design students in there too. Like, I feel like it was like the entire creative department. Cause we had three professors. We had, um, Oh, Roberts. Um, oh, I loved Roberts. What was her name? The white hair. She was like, she did all the drawing teachers. She was older. Burgess Mayer.
0: Oh, Burgess Mayer.
1: We used to yeah. call her BBM.
0: Yes. <laughs> and, um, Love her
1: no, too. Volt like was was one of the professors for it oh, too. i Forgot
0: about that person. Cool. There
1: was a, there was a male professor too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Zero out of ten.
0: <laughs>
1: That's a long right. time. Sorry, Endicott. If any of you guys are listening to this, but I would, if I <laughs> had to give a
0: review five years later, that would be my review just on that one. Didn't like that. Yeah, not like funny. It like the classes that I remember the most are the ones that I struggled with. Like the, um, did you have to do a 3d design? I hated that. I could box. not line up my boxes ever. I think I got a C in that class. Cause yeah. I couldn't line it up.
1: <laughs> I definitely did. It's funny. I actually, um, I still have my clay. Like, you know, how you do the clay animal. Oh, yeah. I still have it. I did a giraffe cause they're my favorite animal too.
0: Oh, nice. I didn't know that one of his ears fell off so he's a
1: one ear giraffe but I have him in my like old bedroom at my dad's house I see him every time I go home I'm like oh worst class ever but I did like that I did like that one unit the boxes haunt me
0: in my dream there's a Facebook memory that will come up at the time of obviously when the the class was ending because I recorded myself destroying everything like I was like smashing things I lit things on fire like I hated that class it was so hard all this to say if you struggle in school like don't worry about it like yeah. don't put a lot of pressure on it because I don't even show people my my senior thesis like it's irrelevant
1: <laughs> no I look back on some of the stuff I made and like junior design student I'm like oh my god why did you think this was good were you blind like what's wrong with you yeah it's mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> I will say shout out to Endicott because they made me like as tough of a designer as I am. The critiques that we had to go through were freaking beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. no, beautiful, brutal. I'm they sure were. they're were beautiful too. Lots of beautiful work. And Sandy Ferrier was my
0: advisor. Oh, I loved, I loved him. Even though so pe- people were so afraid of him.
1: Because <laughs> he was really harsh and he definitely made me cry a couple times, but yep. um,
0: I cried in his office. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm failing. And he's like, no, but you need to change a lot. It's <laughs> like,
1: okay. I yeah. Like now as an adult, I, a real adult, I look back. Well, real, put that in air quotes. I look back and I'm like, okay, I really do appreciate like
0: how how harsh they were.
1: Yeah. When people are paying you, they can be even meaner than that.
0: So Yeah, I know. That that's that's true. I, I loved Farrier. It's yeah. funny looking back at all the like exhibitions that they chose my work for and i'm like yikes yeah. that's, that's not good but i mean we're, we were learning it wasn't sure. supposed to be <laughs> amazing a little bit <laughs> yeah. it's just funny yeah. um so what is your funny story one of the funniest <laughs> things you've ever witnessed <laughs> okay so
1: i've like broached this with you before we started um <laughs> i just got permission from my little sister to tell the story cuz i was like racking my brain i was like the funniest thing that i've ever witnessed i don't like i don't know but I was thinking about childhood stuff. Hey, I'm sorry, but this truly is the funniest thing. We were riding our bikes around our neighborhood when we were kids. I was, she were three and a half years apart. So I was probably like eight. She was probably like five. And she had this brand new bike that she was obsessed with. She had gotten it for her birthday. It was like a purple Huffy. It had like the shiny, like the shiny things coming out of the handlebars. And we were riding around the block and, I don't remember. I don't remember what made her turn around. I think she was talking to me, but she was looking like back over her. Oh, shelf, huh? And our neighbors, one of our neighbors had like one of those absolute giant mailboxes that the post office can put packages in and stuff. Cause their driveway was like a half mile long. Oh, wow. So that way like the package people didn't have to drive all the way down it. They could just put the boxes in this giant silver mailbox probably the size of my sister's entire body at that point in time and she's looking over her her shoulder and all of a sudden bam she just rides her bike like full speed into this giant silver mailbox it like completes completely knocks her off her bike oh I know this isn't funny but like when it's it's funny it's funny and like she's just like on the ground screaming bloody murder like was she hurt no like she hit a mailbox no it's
0: just shocking
1: (laughs) it was fine she was like screaming so loud that my dad heard her and I'm like cracking up I thought it was so funny but at the same time I was like I go get my dad because she's upset (laughs) she was screaming so loud that my dad heard her from the other side of the neighborhood thought that she had gotten hit by a car because of how she was screaming he was like. My daughter's
0: like, like sprinting. He's like, call 911.
1: literally comes through, like, I don't know where he came from, through the trees, out of the woods. And it's like looking <laughs> around for the car that hit my sister. And then he realizes that she just rode her bike. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, get up. Like, are you kidding me? Get up. And that was the funniest thing that I could think of. I'm sure there's funnier things that have happened in my life that didn't involve my sister getting into a bike accident with a, <laughs> a stationary object. But... That's the funniest thing
0: I can think of. just sounds like a scene from like a TV show or, or like a cartoon. Like right into something.
1: And it just like, it makes me crack up every time I think about it. And she's like, haha, funny. But it's, no, it's great. It's
0: a good memory. I, <laughs> I feel like some of the funniest things are always like people falling. Like me, like riding a skateboard and like wiping out. Or like this one time there was like a rope swing in the town next to me that we used to go to. And I, I got on the rope swing and I went out and I forgot to let go. So then I came back and I hit the cliff and like rolled down the hill into the water. Like all that stuff is like, like I've seen yeah, you get hurt, but it's so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's funny when people get hurt as long as they're okay.
0: Yeah. Like as long as they're
1: not really hurt. You know what I mean? If you like break your arm, that's not funny, but <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I guess. <laughs> Sometimes. If it's your sister, then it will be funny.
0: Yeah, my, I the only time i ever broke my wrist, I was like super little. And my brother kicked a soccer ball at me and I was so frail that my wrist broke. Dude, I got knocked out by a
1: soccer ball once. I was at practice and my friend's brother kicked a soccer ball and it just hit me like square
0: in the forehead. <laughs> knocked out. That's terrifying.
1: So I guess he was good at soccer or something. I was not.
0: <laughs> good aim on him, I
1: guess yeah hopefully he wasn't aiming for me but maybe. I know that's funny
0: yeah. yeah I I just love hearing about people's sense of humor I personally like when people fall it's one of my favorites
1: that's uh, the other funniest thing I've ever witnessed that I was thinking about mentioning um I feel like this video circulates on YouTube every year but it's right. like my dad who's waiting to pick up his kids Ice the ice <laughs> Yeah, and everybody's just eating eating it on the ice. That's like my favorite video that exists on the internet because he, like, his laugh is so funny. I love that video.
0: Yeah, that just resurfaced like this month, I think. I think I reposted it and I was like, I'm going to hell, but I love this. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, glad I'm not alone in that.
1: No, definitely not.
0: So, thanks so much for doing this. I think that's the last question, but I want to give you time to, I don't know, promote anything or just let us know uh, when, where people can find you and follow you. And this is probably going to go out sometime in March. So a month from, not March, end of February, beginning of March. So if things change, don't worry about it. I can update people in the caption.
1: Sounds good. Well, yeah. So, I mean, the business that we've been talking about all day is explore studios xplr um, which is my design studio based in boulder colorado um, you can find me at explorestudios.co co um, or instagram at ExploreStudios. studios um, i'm booking clients for spring for branding projects illustration projects branding and web projects um, honestly whatever you need let me know we can probably make it happen um, and then something I mentioned at the beginning of the call, which Chris and you and I have kind of talked about, um, I've officially made the decision to separate the shop portion of my business from explore studios. Um, it's not launched yet. That'll be happening this spring, probably about when this episode comes out. Honestly, um, cool. I actually just finished doing my branding for it. It was a lot of oh, studios for whatever reason. Um, but if you want to follow along as that launch kind of finalizes, you can find that at explore more on Instagram. So XPLR spelled the same way. They're going to be sister brands. Um, so they're not like totally separate from one another, but explore studios will continue to be, um, kind of that client-based service provider and explore more, um, short for the explore more collective will be all of my adventurous goods. So lots of cool apparel stickers prints and then I'm planning to launch a lot of new cool products this year hopefully so I'm thinking some hats and beanies maybe yes. some like illustrated now jeans oh um,
0: yeah
1: lots of cool stuff happening so follow along with that as well as that kind of begins to form this is my first time talking about it to somebody other than my friends so I'm, <laughs> yay now I'm I have so to weird. do it I'm holding myself accountable <laughs>
0: I know, isn't it crazy to actually say the words out loud? And then you're like, well, now I got to actually do it.
1: (laughs) I decided that. I was like, you know what? I am going to talk about it with Kirsten because now I have to. Now I can't. Now I can't dilly-dally and I can't change my mind. So there it is. It's happening. Explore Studios and Explore More Collective.
0: Done. (laughs) Yay. Accountability. And I have some thinking to do, but I like the sister brand idea. Mm -hmm. you've definitely sparked some ideas in my head and I'll probably be in touch with you at some point but I highly recommend working with Emily if you want like an illustrative brand I mean you're the person I think about when people are like I need illustration I'm like I know a person because that's not me
1: (laughs) yeah love to draw love to illustrate all sorts of styles but I definitely kind of have my core style but I like to do it all. That's why I like freelancing. I don't have to do one thing.
0: Exactly. I feel the same way. Every day is different. It's cool. Well, thanks again. And yeah, thanks. Thank (laughs) you. This was my first
1: podcast experience and it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. So
0: thanks for making it comfortable. (laughs) Good. I'm glad it's, it's casual always, but this was great. And you're my first designer to have on, which is fun. So thank you. See ya. Well, thanks, Kristen.